Hi, you're listening to Coffee Talk. I am your host, Liv Alliston. Today, I am here with my husband, Drew. Hello. And I have Jessica as well. Hi, y'all. And we have one more guest um, that Jessica will actually introduce. We are super, super excited to have my really sweet, handsome, wonderful husband on with us today. And his name is Bryson. We've been married almost 12 years. I'll let him say hello. Hello, hello. And today we are talking about being spirit-led, what that means, how it, that looks, um, how we can kind of really live that out. Um, so let's just kick it off with uh, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Who wants to weigh in first? To be led by the Spirit, that, that's, such a, that's such a big, broad topic. I think, uh, you know, to be led by the Spirit really just means to, to yield to the conviction uh, or the drawing of the Holy Spirit to what he's calling you to. So, you know, if you hear him say, you know, or in your spirit, hey, you know, do this or apologize for that or whatever that is, it's, it's really being led by that as being willing to yield yourself over to what the Lord is telling you to do through the Spirit. Absolutely. I have uh, to, to seek him because in order to hear the voice of the Spirit, you have to know the voice of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So to seek him, uh, to listen, and then to obey the, the voice of God. I think what Bryson said is right on, and Olivia, what you're saying, uh, the the concept is that all of us in America, they say, you know, everybody just needs to follow their dreams and follow their heart and do do what they want to do. And Christianity is such a, a, a different way of looking at your life where you're actively submitting yourself on a daily basis to someone else's direction, to the Holy Spirit's direction and asking God where do you want my life to go? Where do you want my job to be? How do you want me to parent my kids? Those kinds of things instead of doing things out of how we want to do to do them. And sometimes they co-align and parallel. I think there's a lot of times when we resist God on things that he actually wants us to do, but he wants us to do them in his will and in his timing instead of our own. So the minute we let it go, he releases us in that direction. But other times we're completely opposite of where we're supposed to be. So, so yeah, just that concept of, of being willing to turn a different direction and to yield your will for God's. Okay, so along with what Drew said, that was very similar to what I was thinking. Um, I, I just really thought, you know, it's acknowledging that we're not in control, which the control is kind of a big thing for me, but really just acknowledging, hey, I'm not in control of this, and being able and being willing to submit to His will and His authority in my life. Being able to submit to His will and His authority and what He has for us and not getting so caught up in what we want because we have so many wants and desires and things that we think, oh, this would be so great to do, but... If God's not in it, then you don't want to be in it. And it's like we were talking about earlier today, Jessica, it's like a battle of like the flesh, right? And so it's putting to death the flesh um, so that you can live through the spirit because they don't, they do not coexist, right? Um, there's only one, one person in control. So I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of scriptures about life in the spirit. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 1 through 11. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering, in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. 
The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. And then I've got one more verse, and then we're going to kind of dive into it. Um, Ephesians five fifteen through 21. Be careful, attention then, to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ." Yeah, that that's awesome. I think as as you're reading the scriptures, the thing that sticks out to me that I hear every time is the the dichotomy between the the life as we would choose it and the life that God has for us. And so, the the death and the bondage and this and the slavery to sin versus the the life of peace and fulfillment in Christ. And I just think that's awesome because everyone out there is trying to seek. Uh, that piece, we're just seeking it in the complete wrong direction. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, these these verses are so powerful and impactful, and um, you know, just trying to unpack that as you read it, it's just it's awesome to hear those again. One of the things I was thinking about too is actually uh, in Galatians five, mm-hmm. where he actually says, I think in verse sixteen, he says, you know, walk in the spirit, and you won't carry out the deeds of the flesh. And he goes on and, and lists some things that. Uh, would be kind of like fruits of the flesh, if you will. Uh, and then later in those verses, the passages, he starts to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then after that, towards the end, I think verse 25, 26, somewhere in there, he says, if you are if you live in the Spirit, then, then walk in the Spirit. And so he, mm-hmm. he makes this distinction between, you know, like Ephesians 1, when you become a Christian, when God saves you through faith in Jesus Christ, right, then, then you get the Holy Spirit, right? We're sealed, right? So... But what's interesting is that just because you're in the Spirit doesn't mean you walk in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so those are two, like you're saying, they're two totally different things. And so what's really cool about that is being able to, as, as, as a, you know, a Christian, someone who's saved by grace through faith, and now walking in the Spirit is, is, a, is a different thing. That's being obedient to the conviction that the Lord is, is putting on your life and His leading. And like you guys were saying, when you know He's telling you to do something or there's a direction, it's... It's the surrendering of, of your wants and your ways and your will for His. And out of that, He grows you through that when you choose to respond out of obedience. And then as a result of that, when you're walking in the Spirit, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit manifest. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, justice, self-control, you know, the nine things that He lists there. And so it's just really interesting to, to see that in these, these verses in Romans and Ephesians 5 and Galatians 5 that, being in the Spirit is one thing. Praise God that we're saved by grace through faith. Walking in the Spirit is something different. So, And something I really liked when we were um, looking up this verse at the bottom in the footnotes of my Bible. Um, I love footnotes. But it said um, walking was the ongoing process. So it wasn't something that you're just in, like Bryson was saying, but it's ongoing every day. Like you're continuing to make that conscious decision to walk in it and to walk out his will. Because mm-hmm. we, we live in the flesh, right? So mm-hmm. it's not natural to submit to the spirit. It's a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to, to come back to 
try to control you, right? Like you're going to be controlled by something. I love that too, because one of the things (laughs) I like talking about this topic as a believer, because I think so many Christians have the sense that, you know, we're saved. We go to church. We love Jesus. And, and they live their lives without a conscious recognition of the work of the Holy Spirit in their own hearts and in their own lives. And so I love these verses because it acknowledges not only do we have the Spirit of Christ living inside of us, but we have an opportunity to walk with that Spirit on a daily basis. And that's how all of these promises that the Bible speaks that you will never be alone. You know, I'm with you always. Don't don't be afraid. Have courage. Stand fast on, in the truth and in the promises and the things that we have taught you, right? Through as Paul is talking to all the churches, and so just that idea that there's so much more to Christian living than what most people take advantage of on a daily basis. And I think part of that is because it it's not predictable always. And, and I think God oftentimes pushes us out of our comfort zone. So I think a lot of people uh, tend to shy away from that. But I think, for, you know, Jesus said, I come to give you life and, and give it abundantly. And so being, being uh, a son of God, you know, once we receive uh, Jesus, that's, that's the initiation process. But then the abundant living is this is exactly what y'all are talking about. The spirit filled walk is, is a believer with all of the fruit that is manifest in that way. Oh, that's really good, man. I love that. And it's awesome because, um, yeah, there's more to it than just going to church and, you know, doing your thing. And so, too, when it, it takes that, like Jessica was saying, it takes that, like, being intentional each and every day, you know. And so part of that is, you know, people ask, well, so how do I, how do I hear the Lord? And this, Well, as a Christian, you have the Spirit of the Lord living in you. And as you pursue Him in prayer and in His Word, the cool thing is that God's Word and His Spirit are always going the same direction. They're never going to go separate ways. They're always in, 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 in sync with one another. And so it's a great way is as you are diving into God's word and he's then through that, he's putting things on your heart and your mind and he's showing you things and, and leading you and being graceful to you in those areas that we inevitably struggle in. And and so as you yield to that, man, God, just there's just such a joy and a, and a peace there. And that's the peace of Christ that you have through him and his spirit. And so it just takes being intentional uh, to actually dive in and spend time with the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, and just watch what He does. So, I think it's also really good, something that Bryce and I talked about earlier, and Drew kind of touched on, but what you're saying is like the fruit of it. And earlier in the Galatians verse, um, I guess right before that 25, 26, um, there it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And Bryce and I were talking about earlier, it's not a checklist mm-hmm. that you have to like check off as you go in the day. Okay. I was patient today. It's talking about those are things that will just the Lord and the Holy spirit will hopefully manifest within you as you're growing and as you're walking Mm -hmm. and moving forward in your relationship with him, that those are things that will just naturally come about Mm -hmm. and no, you're not going to be perfect at it every day. That's why we have his grace. Thank goodness. But um, those are things that hopefully will become evident in your life. That's one thing that I hear so often, especially in the churches. Well, I need to try to do this and I need to try to be a better mom and try to read the Bible and try to go to church more and be involved and serve and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's just about doing more, right? Which is still, it's, you know, if you're already saved, it's about 
that's about keeping your salvation. Like I'm going to earn it. I'm going to earn my keep. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that we really have to do as believers is pursue him. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, everything else comes out of an overflow and an Mm -hmm. abundance of that. And we don't have to try to read the Bible. We will naturally just want to read the Bible Mm -hmm. to know more about him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a relationship, which is that part of it, which is awesome. And it reminds me of that, uh, the song that Clark likes so much, you know, we couldn't earn it and we don't deserve it yet. He gave his life away to us. And the other thing that I was thinking, when Jessica, when you're saying that, is that I was reading a biography of George Mueller, and the very beginning part of the biography kind of shocked me because what we all know is his work in um, in the lives of orphans throughout the world and missions and just this amazing amazing life that he lived for the Lord. Well, his first 20 years were terrible. And and the biographer made a point to say, I'm not trying to throw mud on his early life, but I want you to see that the transformation is not possible through human terms. This is not an evolution of his life. This is not something that he just tried really hard one day or he hit rock bottom and I'll never do that again. And it was, it was the power of God in his life. And then that the fruit of the spirit, all of those qualities coming through his life because of his pursuit of the Lord. Once, once he received the Lord's pursuit of him. So let's talk for a minute about personal testimonies of any, like, I mean, we're, we're, everybody's, we're all still on a journey, right? It's no one has arrived until we, we reach heaven, but, uh, some personal testimonies of operating in the spirit. Yeah. Um, oh man, there's a couple things that come to my mind. Um, and one that, that was, that was somewhat, somewhat new, I guess, uh, recently or not too, too recently, but maybe a couple of years ago or a year or so ago, but, uh, something might sound silly, but I had, I had purchased a vehicle. And, uh, and so if anybody knows me, I, I love cars. And so, uh, but I can't afford the really cool ones that I like. So, uh, what's interesting is I buy this, I buy this car and, uh, you know, I'm completely self-justifying it. I'm like, Oh, it fits the family. It's great. And it, and it was great. Um, but, Anyways, I, I bought it. It was more of an emotional decision, you know, and, and so anyways, uh, well, after I bought it, I just, you know, in, in time with the Lord, this just came up and, and I just started feeling like the Lord was telling me to, to give the car back. <laughs> anyways, long story short, I'm traveling and I used to travel a lot more for work than I do now. And I was traveling and I was in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, I'll never forget, I was renting a car out, going out there for a meeting and I'm praying through this and I'm um, sitting in the Cleveland traffic and I just said, Lord, I, I just feel like you're telling me to do it. Like, just, just make this clear to me. If that's what you want me to do, that fine, I'll, I'll do it. And instantly the peace of the Lord came over and was like, this is what I want you to do. So I said, okay, when I go home, I'm going to sell the car back. So, uh, ended up selling the car back actually ended up, it, it was really interesting. Got a chance to kind of, uh, witness to the salesman. Uh, who was completely floored when he saw me walk back in saying, I'm sorry, you want to do what? So gave it back and then got open the door for another car that we could afford that uh, we were able to not have a car note on by God's grace. Uh, And so it was just really interesting. It's one of those things that, again, I think if I kept it, it's not like it was going to be the worst thing in the world, but just following the Spirit's leading, even in something like that, knowing that Man, my life is not my own. Like I belong to God through faith in Jesus, and so therefore I, I want Him to lead me in all these areas. But as we say, you know, we, we struggle, you know, um, and, and we do these things sometimes. And again, it's not like it's the biggest deal, but it was an interesting thing that God taught me a lot through that. 
uh, and was able to use that, Lord willing, to reflect him to, to other people where they might have thought that was absolutely insane. Um, so anyways, just said something that came to my mind. I think that too, that's, that to me is like a marker of the Holy Spirit when it seems insane. Mm-hmm. Because not that he is insane, but he operates on a completely different level than we do, right? Is it Isaiah 51? Is that right? My thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. I might have that reference wrong. but It's in the Bible. It's, it's in the Bible. <laughs> Who else wants to talk? Um, well, you know, Bryson is really into cars, but um, my stronghold is my home. I love um, having my home just right, and I like things neat and in order and just perfect, and I like a certain look and certain decor. So anyways, <laughs> sorry, babe. Um, so about four years ago... Um, Bryson came to me. We were living um, in a home that we had built that we loved. We got to pick everything out. Like, I really thought when we built this home, this would be, like, my forever home. He comes to me one day out of the blue and says, hey, I think the Lord told us we need to sell our house. And I'm like, did he now? (laughs) Somewhere within this process, uh, we find out by surprise we are pregnant with our fourth child. So not only does he feel like, the Lord's telling us we need to sell our home. We're pregnant again. And he not only wants to sell our home, but he wants to downsize again. We're pregnant with our fourth (laughs) child and we're downsizing. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like if this is really what I want. So I start praying about it. Of course, I'm feeling the same thing. And I'm like, okay, Lord, all right, this is really what you want for us. And I know you're going to provide the right home to raise our kids and it's going to be great. Like I just know it's all going to work out. But I want to be honest, it was not easy. It was um, very f- trying and frustrating at times because we really did not even know where that home was going to be at that moment. But he really just laid it upon his heart and my heart that we were meant to not just downsize, but to um, really live um, as far below our means as possible. And um, we were already living below our means, but live as far below our means as possible so that we would have the opportunity to hopefully give more, to hopefully serve more. And so again, it probably looked insane to the world that we were adding a member to our family. We actually added two because we got a dog in the process as well, I think right before. Again, that's probably the complete opposite of the world. And again, probably a marker of the Holy Spirit. But it was funny because when we walked into the house that we're living in right now, we literally walked in the door and we both felt such a peace when we walked in. I That's can tell awesome. you now, I hated the color of the front door. I hated the color of every wall and I hated all of the floors <laughs> as well as the kitchen. From the world's perspective, I didn't like anything about it. Like it was not my taste at all. Nothing did I like, but I had such a peace. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, this is, I'm going to cry now. Like this is where we're supposed to be. I mean, if that's just not the Holy Spirit, I don't know what is. And so, um, praise the Lord, we were able to purchase that home. And that is where we are living right now by the grace of God. And, you know, we may be a little squished at times and um, all of that. But, you know, I feel like Bryce and I have talked about it. We feel like it's really creating an atmosphere of our family, though, of, you know, it's, it's creating a closeness that if we had built a bigger home or all of that, that maybe we wouldn't have. You know, we would hope that we would still have that because we would hope we would still create that. But, you know, it's kind of put us in a position where you know, the Lord has really used this to really draw our family closer together. Mm-hmm. And that's been a real blessing. Yeah. One of the things too, that we didn't even really think of or realize at the time, but, um, you know, you, you, you new neighbors and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so God had just opened some doors for, for our neighbors and we love our neighbors. They're wonderful. And, uh, but it was an opportunity for us to just, uh, share the gospel with them. 
And so God just really, as we got there and kind of got settled, he just really started putting people on our heart to pray for them and then to, to go be intentional and just try to meet a need in their life or something like that and just be able to, you know, build whatever. And so God's opened up doors and relationships. And so, you know, we honestly, I mean, that was one of the things that you always think about, I guess, sometimes, depending on the day. And uh, But God moves you here. And then he, you know, we've had a lot more interactions with our neighbors here than we did at the last house. And and so it's just interesting how God works those things out. And so, again, just not really knowing why all the time, but but if that's what he's telling you, just saying, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to, to trust you and to know that you know what's best for me and us better than we know for ourselves. And uh, that's a struggle, but uh, but it's also, it's it's good and it's true. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I've got two, so I'll try to do it a little bit quickly. But the, the first one is my job journey, I guess is what I would call it. Some people call it a career. Mine was more of like a <laughs> train <wreck>. roller coaster <laughs> or a train wreck <laughs> backwards. But uh, anyway, I, I had a job that right out of law school that I hated. I uh, didn't know that I hated it until about six months in and the legal market wasn't good. And so there, and I didn't have any experience. So there wasn't anywhere for me to go. So I stuck it out for a long time and then it got to a point where it was truly unbearable. And I, I remember praying every day, God, please give me another job. God, please release me to go somewhere else. Please provide something. And I had different people praying for me. And I remember a conversation once with my mom and she said, I just don't feel that you're supposed to leave yet. And I, I was feeling the same thing, but I was still angry to hear her say it. So anyway, I stuck it out. Uh, the company pretty much almost went to into bankruptcy. Like it, I, I was, times. I was the last uh, employee really that was that was there. But it was this job that connected me to my current job. Who I, or I say who my boss, um, whom I I very much respect and love, and he's a he's a godly, awesome man and. And you never know how things are going to lead to, to one another, but let me just give you a little piece of that. And so anyway, um, I went from a salaried position to a 100% commission position. I went from benefits to no benefits. I went from, um, you know, all of the things that the, that the world sees as certain, even though the company was not doing well, to a completely uncertain future. But I felt that that's exactly where God was leading me to be. And uh, it was, we had to kind of do some mental headwork of, okay, what are we willing to say no to? What are we willing to give up? What, you know, what if we have to sell our house? You know, just like what y'all are saying. And what if we had to move in with my parents? That was a little <laughs> bit interesting and they love us, but they didn't want us moving in. And so anyway, uh, but anyway, through this whole process, I was trying to figure out, am I hearing the Lord correctly? Am I, am I not? What, what's going on here? And I, I felt the Lord remind me of a list that I had made right out of law school of the things that I wanted in a job. And he said, go, go read that list. And when I read the list, it was literally everything that was in this new job. Um, and that is not to say that the first year was great or that I made millions of dollars or anything like that, but it's where God wanted me. And, and I think that was the point of all of this is that God, when he wants you places, it doesn't mean it's going to be pain free. He wanted me at my old job for a long time. It was like four and a half years of suffering. And, but I had an opportunity to shine Jesus to my boss and all the coworkers and, uh, and it grew me up a lot. But then God had the opportunity to move me to a new sphere of influence. And it was neat to see, though, how he used something that I did randomly 
uh, you know, three or four or five years before as a, as a way of, of showing me that I was hearing him and that it was where he wanted me. And then what's really neat is looking backwards. When you live on commission, you never know where your next check is coming from. And we had a baby on the way and then the baby came. And then Olivia had a blood clot and we were in the hospital. We totaled a car and we replaced our roof on about $30,000 of income. Mm -hmm. And so, but it was neat because looking backwards, it's amazing to see how God provided for us, you know, month in and month out. We weren't getting rich, but we we weren't eating ramen noodles, you know, so he was, he was taking care of us. And through that whole time, he was continually reaffirming to me, you know, I am your father, Drew, I love you. And I'm providing for you and your kids and, um, and and your wife, obviously. Uh, But uh, it was just, it's just such a neat thing in my journey and my relationship with the Lord is that just at a different place than it would have been otherwise. So the suffering led to a more peaceful place, but even the peaceful place, even though the work environment was peaceful, the, the stress that came with it was pretty intense. So just a really neat thing. That was the first story. The second one's really quick, but um, my boss, who's a believer, he was, uh, would go to lunch and do different things and he'd always pray for the waiters, uh, the wait staff. And it always made me nervous because I'm always afraid of offending people or how are they going to respond? Are they going to spit my food? What's going to happen? But anyway, I felt convicted that I needed to do this. And so I was by myself. I was supposed to be meeting with someone, but they were late by like an hour and a half. So I ordered my food, was eating by myself, and I felt like God told me to pray for this waiter who was waiting on me. And this guy was like over six feet tall, covered in tattoos, and looked really aggressive. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, and I'm sitting in a suit and looked like a Jehovah's Witness. But anyway, the, I, I asked him, I just said, you know, hey, I'm about to pray for my food. Is there anything that I can pray for you for? And he looked at me and within two seconds, he said, absolutely. And then he just spilled his story of what was going on in his heart and his family and everything. And I said, thanks. <laughs> and then he walked away and I, and I prayed, but it was just a neat, it wasn't like fireworks went off, but it was just neat to see, you know, we're so concerned with how is the world going to perceive these things that we're doing and we're going to look weird and all of these things. And God in the background is so excited to see us step into what he's calling us so that we can be a part of what he's already going to do. And so that was just a really neat thing to, to get to experience. So I have a a couple of stories myself. A couple of years ago, I had just had my second son and um, I was getting my hair done and this lady came in and she was asking, you know, do you have any work? She asked my hairdresser, do you have any work? Because like, she was big pregnant, like almost due pregnant and um, she needed some money, but she didn't just want to ask for money. She asked for work. And so I just kind of like, I just sensed in my spirit, I was supposed to give her something and I, I don't give money to people because I work hard for money. (laughs) So if they don't work for it, then they don't deserve it. Right. And so I just don't trust like the homeless population, you know, I'm pretty skeptical. And so, um, I kind of battled with that and I went to my car and I was in my car for probably 30 minutes battling, uh, with, with, I knew I was supposed to give her something and go talk to her and pray with her. And I didn't want to. And I started to drive out of the parking lot two or three times and could not bring myself to do it. And, um, it, it was, uh, I, I don't think I've ever had a battle <laughs> that intense before with me, myself and I, um, and well with the spirit flesh and the spirit. And 
I was sitting there and I was in my car and I was watching her and I was like, okay, God, she's in this other place and trying to ask for work. And I was sat there. I was like, okay, God, if she doesn't come out in the next two minutes, like this is obviously not you. And here she comes walking out the door. And I felt like God said her name is Denise. And I was like, that's probably not right. That's just me making up crap, right? (laughs) So I got out of the car finally. I had to chase her down because she walked really fast for a pregnant woman. I gave her money because I had like 30 something bucks. And I felt led to give her about 15. And I felt God say, you're not here to meet the need. You're here to show her that that I see her. And so I was like, okay. So I went and I gave her some money. And she broke down and started crying and started telling me her story. And um, it, it felt genuine. It didn't feel like, you know, a, a story that was made up. Um, and uh, I asked her right before. So I prayed for her. And we prayed together. And then I said, what is your name? And she said, my name is Denise. And I was like, well, holy crap. Like, <laughs> um, God just told me that your name was Denise. And she uh, started crying again. And then her baby started kicking. And so I felt her baby and uh, kick. And so that was really cool. And so anyway, that was something I never, ever, ever would have done on my own. And so that was a really cool thing. Uh, but see. I also think the cool thing about this story is it's something that you couldn't have done on your own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because we're not meant to. Yeah. And I think it was cool. Like, God didn't have to tell me her name. That was not necessary for me to go and pray for her and talk to her or anything like that. But it was an indication. Like, to me, it. I struggle even still. I've been a Christian for 20, 20 years, 21 years. I lost count. And I still struggle with, did I really hear God? Was that really him? Or did I make something up? And just to hear him, like, just say, her name is Denise. And her to confirm that was just him saying, like, you do hear me. And so I basically just said, you know, I just feel like I told her, I said, I feel like God just wants you to know that he sees you and that, you know, he loves you. And so, um, anyway, so that was a really cool thing. Uh, the other thing, wait, pause. Also tell, also tell the part of that story though, your, your ride home, because God was wanting her to see that he, wanting her to see that he saw her, but then it also ministered to you in your heart that he saw you and you cried the whole way home. I did. I cried the entire way home. I called Drew trying to tell him what happened, but I was like heaving and he thought something was wrong. (laughs) Like I was in a wreck or something. Um, And so, yes, it was really cool because the same message that he had been speaking to me, because I just had the blood clot and felt like he didn't see me. He didn't hear me. You know, he didn't, you know, he Mm -hmm. forgot about me. So the message he had been speaking to me, he had me speak to her, Mm -hmm. which also reaffirmed it in my heart. So that was really cool. Um, the other thing that I had was more recent. Um, I have been feeling like God was calling me to fast and you, Jessica, we had talked about this earlier today. Um, fasting isn't fun at all. I don't like to deprive myself of things. And, I felt like he was leading me to fast and I fasted for, it was going to be about a two day period. And I, it was about a day and a half ended up when I felt released. I think what I learned through that is that fasting is like an intensive marriage healing seminar weekend, right? Mm-hmm. In the, into the frying pan, trial by fire, breaking and putting to death the flesh so that you operate out of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, I think depriving yourself, especially of food, since that's central to our being and our existence. And I think that is like a really quick way to kind of jolt yourself out of relying on the flesh and falling back on how, oh, well, I feel like I want some chips or I feel like, you know, all the feelings, right? Realizing that it is God who sustains you. But before I had really done like a true fast, I would say, 
I kind of thought fasting was, okay, I'm going to skip breakfast so I can read the Bible more. And then my sister had been telling me um, for a while, and I've been praying on it for a while, that it's not about doing more. And, you know, I'm going to give something up so I can do more for Jesus, right? It's about learning to depend on Him in a very, like, intimate and real way. And when you learn to depend on Him, you are more tuned into His voice. You also obviously want to obey because you are more aligned to Him. Yeah, so that the other thing that I wanted to say, Bryson and I were talking about Hebrews 11, uh, the Hall of Faith chapter, when it's talking about all the heroes of the Bible and all the, the great and amazing things they did. It ends talking about how there are other heroes of the faith where it didn't go so well for them. It didn't end well this side of eternity. And so I just wanted to say a quick thing with all of our stories. First of all, they're awesome, and it, and it builds up my faith just even listening to them because it's neat to see God moving in other people's lives. But the cool thing too is just like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you know, we serve the Lord and he's going to save us. But even if he doesn't, we still serve him. And so I think the neat thing is, is whether or not our stories ended very differently, it doesn't mean that you're not operating in the spirit. And it doesn't mean that God's not calling you to walk through some very difficult things. It's it, He's in control and we don't always understand why. But one day when we get to heaven, we'll see more clearly and understand some of those dynamics. But I just wanted to say that just so that people listening aren't always thinking, well, my life's not turning out so great. So maybe I'm not Mm -hmm. listening to the spirit. It doesn't always make us feel happy. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But just for the practical part, which we've all talked about already, but just, I guess, in summation, how do we live a life led by the spirit of God? So I would say as Christians, as we are pursuing our relationship with the Lord, uh, you know, through prayer, through, you know, reading of his word and and just seeking after him, uh, as you hear the Lord, uh, you know, whatever word you'd like to use, some use conviction or drawing or, or just sensing his uh, pulling you towards a certain direction or or situation, um, the best thing I can think of is to respond in obedience. Respond in obedience to the Lord's leading in your life. And the way that you confirm that is, uh, as, as we said earlier, God's His Word and His Spirit are always in succinct. They're never going opposite directions. Uh, as well as you can also check that too, uh, which is healthy with godly counsel. Uh, talk to somebody who you know and just loves Jesus and loves you and, and wants to see what's best for you and point you in, in the way of His Word. And so I would just say as you sense the Lord telling you something and you're not sure, it's not clear, pray about it. Seek out godly counsel, make sure it lines up with his word, and uh, and respond in obedience, even when it doesn't make sense. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, God just, he's just there, and he does things, and and uh, and he's good. Yeah, that was something uh, we learned a long time ago with spirit scripture saints. So if you feel the Lord's leading, the spirit's leading, um, go to scripture, like Bryson said, making sure it lines up, praying about it, and seeking out that godly counsel and making sure it is good, gospel-centered, godly counsel. Um, And like Bryson said, someone who loves you and cares for you and who is going to tell you the truth regardless if it's what you want to hear or not. And I would, too, just say prayer. So if you don't have that desire to, if you don't know his voice, just pray and ask him to teach you his voice um, and then that you'll listen to it and that you'll obey. That's what we pray with our, our son almost every night. So yeah, to pray that he speaks to you, that you hear him, that you obey him and just, just ask him to help you. And he always will help you obey him. Yeah. And the, the thing that I've been doing in this season of my life is 
when I remember it anyway, is is asking God every or praying every morning, you know, Lord, help me to be your hands and feet today. And I release my schedule to you. And, and may I be about the things that you're about today. And when I do that, sometimes I'm doing the exact same things that I would normally, but I have joy and peace that I would never have had before doing those things. And then other times I end up doing other things completely, but I have peace also in that because I prayed about it, right? And so my day is not, it is out of my control. And that's a great thing because it's in God's control. And so it it relaxes me, but it's just, I think all of us are desperately trying to cling to the the idea that we have some control over our lives. And so what God's asking us to do is just to acknowledge his reality, which is we have no control, right? right. And so if we can just realize that we don't really have to let anything go other than the fake idea that that we're in charge, right? And trying Um, to grasp onto that control is actually really painful for you. (laughs) It's actually way more painful than just submitting and doing what he wants you to do. Yeah, there was a, I think something you said earlier, Olivia, just jogged something in my brain. We were doing some type of study. I can't remember what it was, but basically just talking about your day-to-day walk with the Lord, um, man, you're battling each and every day two things, independence versus dependence. Mm -hmm. And so each day, each decision, whatever that looks like in your life uh, with your family, it's, it's, it's your independence, like your way or being able to depend on the Lord in his ways. And so it's this constant battle that we go back and forth on. Uh, even when there's moments of amazing victory, inevitably there's something tomorrow that you know will cause you to go, okay, independence or dependence. And so it's something we've been trying to teach our, our kids, uh, talking about that with them and just trying to prepare their hearts for those things that, that life is like God has a design for your life. Walk in God's design for your life. And where God is, there is a peace, even when there's a storm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. We'll be back. Bye. See Chris out. <laughs> <laughs>